My name is Steve Gilman, and for decades I've been helping brands engage with their audiences. On this podcast, we'll connect the dots in the fast-paced world of branding by talking with entrepreneurs, leaders, and marketers on the front lines of telling brand stories. On today's episode of Brand Story, we talk to healthcare leader Carrie Willits about how culture is your brand, where to find your organization's best storytellers, and what brands can learn from the healthcare industry. Welcome to the Brand Story Podcast. My name is Steve Gilman. I'm your host today, and we are talking to Carrie Willits. Carrie is currently the market president for the Eastern Region of Wellspan Health, and Wellspan is a leading regional health system that serves both Pennsylvania and Northern Maryland. And I was lucky enough to work with Carrie um, at Rockingham Memorial Hospital back in the good old days, when we uh, yeah. when we built a hospital and uh, promoted a new health campus. Carrie was uh, the leader of market development, and I was in charge of uh, communicating and promoting the brand. Hi, Carrie. Hey, Steve. Great to be with you. Yeah. Thanks for being our guest today. This is great. It's very good to see you again. Yeah, you too. Yeah, this is fun. So like I told you, this will be really easy on you. I'm just going to ask you a lot of questions that are that are all just your perception and what you think. And I think I'll start out by asking you a little bit about uh, just your role right now. You have a big job. You, you do a lot. And I was just looking at all the different things that you're in charge of. And it sounds <laughs> overwhelming. So can you tell me a little bit just about your role and what you do? What's your day-to-day look like? Oh, sure. Uh, So my role is to oversee um, a region for Wellspan Health. Uh, So I am responsible for growth and access, uh, community relations, and then operational excellence of our, um, what we call our system of care um, uh, within the Lancaster and Lebanon County counties um, of the Wellspan region. That's a lot. So what kind of, uh, what kind of units and uh, different organizations do you actually have under you? So under me, I have two community hospitals, much like, you know, an RMH. Yeah, right. But one is Wellspan Effort of Community Hospital and Wellspan Good Samaritan Hospital. And then we also actually have made a large investment in behavioral health services as a health system. Really? And we have... Um, uh, a, a freestanding inpatient behavioral health hospital, as well as a behavioral health service line that I help to um, oversee and lead for the health system. Wow. Uh, in addition, I oversee business development Do initiatives really? for well for the whole health system. So that includes uh, physician network development, um, the physician liaison program. We started oh, yeah. one of a uh, right. liaison program together. Uh, um, employer services and relationships, and then other yeah. growth initiatives. Wow. That, so your calendar is pretty much blocked just from the second you wake up until the second you go to sleep. It's full. It is full, <laughs> but bet. fun. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Well, having worked with you, um, I, I, you know, back when we worked at RMH, you could always tell that you were going to end up in charge of everything. So it looks like you, <laughs> it looks like you have, and I'm happy huh. for you. That's really well, cool. Well, thanks, Steve. Yeah. The best part, you know, about being in healthcare, I think is, uh, being connected with the pa- patients yeah. and, um, you know, uh, we're really mission, a mission centered industry and a mission centered organization. Yeah. I mean, the, the work is so important and it's such a big deal. I learned so much working in healthcare. I mean, I, I kind of feel like if you can work in the healthcare industry, you can work in any industry. It's pretty complex. It is. I think it's the, the most complex, maybe. I mean, it's very complex. So <clears throat> let me t- ask you a little bit about how you got started in healthcare. Well, you know, I always knew from when I was a little girl that I wanted to be in healthcare. But uh, growing up in 
a rural area in West Virginia, you know, you I saw healthcare as a nurse or a doctor, so in direct patient care. Um, and uh, when I went to James Madison University, I discovered the field of healthcare administration and recognized that I could apply, you know, strategic business type skills um, toward an industry that is really helping others. What what initially got you into healthcare besides being interested in you know, learning that, okay, you could do something other than direct patient care. What was it that got you into this industry? You know, um, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is a very honest and great answer. That might be my favorite answer ever. Um, I, I can tell you what keeps me in healthcare. Yeah, that's a great, okay. What, what keeps you in healthcare? What keeps me in healthcare is, um, you know, really, the, the mission of healthcare, yeah. regardless of the organization that you work with, is you know our goal is always to improve the health and well-being of the community, and um, that uh, that goal aligns very well with my own personal values. How do you and the people that that work for you keep that line to patient care? You know when you're when you're in planning and you're doing all these different organizational right. things, how what do you do to remind everyone that what the ultimate goal is? That's a really um, that's a really great question, Steve. So, um, just as a as a leader, um, I've uh, I say that my leadership philosophy is to help others reach their full potential. And um, you know, there was a point in my career in healthcare was wh- where I felt like I was lacking purpose um, because I wasn't in direct patient care, and I was uh, really struggling personally about you know, understanding what is the value that I'm adding to our mission. And so I did a little soul searching, actually, after reading the Simon Sinek book, Start With Why, um, to really kind of understand what is my personal why. And, uh, you know, what I've realized is my personal why is to help others reach their full potential. And so if I'm working with leaders for my leadership team to reach their full potential, um, then our, then they are helping their team members reach their full potential. And when they're reaching their full potential, we're helping our patients reach their full potential. And I'm sure it's something you have to try to keep in mind every day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, what's interesting is I always come at everything from the direction of brand, you know, yeah. and thinking about brand, as you know, because we've talked about it a lot. And how do you think that that trickle down of having leaders at health organizations remind the people that they're leading of the through line to patient care how do you think that that ultimately gets translated as part of the brand? Do you think yeah. do you think people feel that and know that? Uh, oh, absolutely. I think um, culture, to me, culture is a solution to a lot of the problems that we have. And culture is the solution to a lot of the um, uh, big wins or outcomes that we have. To me, culture drives a lot of our success, right? Um, and if you think of just... Um, any brand that you're loyal to. And what I mean by brand loyalty is I'm going to go there no matter what, even if maybe it's not every one of their products or services isn't my favorite because I have relationship and I trust them. And um, I also just believe in what they stand for, right? And so um, we have many, many patient stories where, um, uh, actually one today where a 95-year-old patient dictated to her granddaughter to type a letter um, 
to a cardiovascular team who cared for her um, about her experience. And, and what she said was, I knew your name, um, you cared for me, and I also had confidence in what you were doing. I can't think of anything to complain about. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And so I think um, just tying it back to helping others reach their full potential, I think your culture really helps bring your build your brand, brand loyalty. Yeah. And I think in a lot of ways, culture is brand. You know, if you, <laughs> I, I know I've experienced companies and you, you may have worked at some or where if the culture is dysfunctional, I think the customer feels it. I, I agree with that 100%. I think if, Years ago, I uh, oversaw um, outpatient rehab services and uh, our patient experience uh, um, scores or, you know, net promoter score was, was really low for that service. And as we worked together as a team to improve it, we actually improved it to the 99th percentile. And when it would dip, I would go to um, the leadership there and I would say, who, who isn't, what's going on with the team? Who's not happy in the team? And they could always identify, you know, this person, you know, is upset about, but, but so it, it, I agree with you. <laughs> your culture is your brand and uh, your customers feel and know when things are going well within your culture and they know and feel when they're not. Yeah, they sure do. So that, that kind of brings up, I know you've been in, on all different sides of, sides of promoting and communicating about brands because you're involved mm -hmm. in market development, you've been involved in, in administration. <clears throat> How important do you think it is to make that connection between the really honest feeling that the culture has, the really honest essence of it, and the messaging that you put out in the world? Oh, I think it's crucial that whatever the message is that you're putting out in the world is real and is authentic, right? Because if you put a message out in the world that isn't authentic to your brand or to your culture, when your customer experiences something different than that, they're not going to come back likely. They will be disappointed. And it's surprising that it still happens in this day and age with how much information and how fast communication is. Yep. You know, something I learned from you, Steve, was um, before we would promote a service when we worked together, right, you would ask these questions, which the, what is the patient experience? What are the quality outcomes? What is the access like for that service? And uh, I, I, I learned that from you, right? What are the outcomes of the product that we're going to promote or the service that we're going to promote? Yeah, I think, well, that, thank you for saying that. And uh, working with you was such an incredible experience because I, I feel like you and I asked a lot of the same questions, sometimes in different ways, but we all, always got to the same thing. And it always surpri has surprised me with brands, you know, and it's, I don't think it's ever intentional, but people want to get out messages, but it's almost like a documentary. You know, talking about a brand has to be 100% true. You can't say, we give great service, and if you come here, you're going to feel safe. If when the person shows up, they feel nervous and terrified because you're disorganized. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just it's almost, almost makes it worse. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think um, uh, along those lines, too, I think branding um, is both offensive and defensive as yeah. well. That's cool. Tell, tell me that, a little more what you make... mean. Yeah, I love that. Tell me well, a little more what you mean. Well, you know, it. and I think about, um, you know, so – what happens when you promote, you know, we're in healthcare, we touch, we, we have 
probably literally every day millions or hundreds of thousands of opportunities to make a mistake, right? It's um, a very complex pro process, you know, and we're dealing with patients' lives. And so, um, you know, what happens when we don't fill our brand promise, fulfill our brand promise? Um, I think, uh, number one, we have to make sure that, you know, our, um, what would I say, our um, performance is at the point where we want to tell our brand story in a certain way. But what happens when um, we fail the consumer? I think it's as important on how you, what you say and do when you don't fulfill your brand promise. I mean, because ultimately, if you're if you live in a complex world, which we all do, but also then your business is really mm -hmm. complex. You're not just serving an ice cream cone, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. though that can go wrong too. Uh, mm -hmm. Something goes wrong. It's how you handle it, and that is actually part of the brand experience, a really important yeah. part. Yeah, I've heard of um, healthcare systems where there there's been a large mistake, and you know they they're not transparent about it. I mean, I believe I, in our, any health system that I've worked for, I, I feel has done, a, have done a really good job when situations happen. Um, fortunately they don't happen that often, but when they do, we're transparent and honest about it. Yeah. I think that's really important. I remember from working with you at, uh, RMH and as it became Centera RMH, that's something that I always, as a marketer, always found, uh, really encouraging and, uh, just great because not all industries do this <clears throat> is that when something did go wrong, whether it was clinical or was customer service based, the leadership team would openly discuss it and it would be brought yeah. to the leadership team mm -hmm. and talked about in such a transparent way that as a marketer mm -hmm. in other industries, I've not gotten that. So oh, really? I, yeah, not all industries are that transparent where they're just going to openly talk about something that went wrong. And I've, I've always thought that was one of the strengths of healthcare because it allowed me to do a better job with messaging because yeah. I could see where the heart of the brand was. Because I remember sitting in some of those meetings and people talking about an issue that happened and I would see mm -hmm. doctors talking, administrators, and some of them getting choked up, mm -hmm. you know? And it's a, <clears throat> that was one of the reasons I loved healthcare is because it is an emotional place to it work. You know, it's yeah. a real thing. It's it's why I do what I do, right? Helping people reach their full potential. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it, the goal. I think you have to have a big heart to work in healthcare because it's a lot of work and it's really difficult. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, mm -hmm. you're showing up for other human beings to help them through what could be the most difficult part of their lives. So, I agree. how do you think, you know, it's, a, it's something that I've seen all organizations concentrate on to differing, differing <clears throat> degrees, but. How do you think and how important do you think talking about your brand story internally as well as externally? How important mm -hmm. do you think that is? Um, I would rank talking about your brand story internally almost equal to or more important as talking about your brand brand story out, out externally for, for a variety of reasons, right? Yeah. Um, for the primary reason of um, you know, setting the tone for the culture, right? Sure. You said brand is culture in a lot of ways. Um, and how do we, how do you um, cascade, I guess, for lack of a better word, your brand message throughout the organization and how frequently you do, you do it and who does it, I think is really, really important. And of course, the actions need to follow the words um, um, as well. I mean, that's like, that's two sides of the same coin. If you're, 
<clears throat> I've seen people try to do brand messaging where they, they think it's all external. Like, well, this is what we're going to say about ourselves. Yeah. But if you're not saying it and doing it internally, then when you mm -hmm. say it and try to do it externally, it doesn't ring true. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I think health or organizations who do this really, really well translate uh, the brand, the brand story into behaviors and put words to the behaviors, um, you know, that are most likely or should be associated with the values of the organization. And so um, we are all not just, we're acting the brand, right? Again, it's, it's culture again, right? Yeah, right. We, in healthcare and in integrated delivery systems, we have, um, you know, hospitals, lots of different locations where we have employees and care is provided, and we have lots of levels of leaders. And uh, we are very intentional at WellSpan um, as an example of cascading key messages. And some messages are only delivered by the CEO. Other messages are delivered by what we call the executive summit or the vice presidents of the, of the team. Um, and then, you know, the accountability toward the behaviors is, uh, is within all levels of the organization. And I've, I've really learned to appreciate um, uh, or understand how important the tone and the role of the CEO in their messaging is and how effective it can be in influencing every part and piece of the organization. It's really remarkable <laughs> because I've experienced times where it hasn't worked in other organizations well, um, and um, I have experienced where it's worked very, very well. But it's also been uh, a lesson learned for me that how influential the single building leader and then the single organizational leader is to setting the tone and the culture, representing the brand throughout the whole entire organization. Because some people have to have a place to look and they're looking for a story to follow. That's a great point. And it's emotional. So when you say building leader, you mean, you know, if it's a president, if there are multiple hospitals, it's the president of that hospital. Usually, then, yes. Or, or, or another kind of yes. higher, it really higher is. manager. Yeah. And then the mm -hmm. system leader is usually the president of the entire health system. That's um, right. Just, and you know what I think is interesting about what you just said that I wonder if you think about ever is – you know, you've worked with so many different CEOs and so many different leaders and you know, they're a major part of their role is to be a storyteller. Mm -hmm. And so have you had experiences where you're, you know, you'll meet a, someone that you're going to work for and you're like, wow, this person's a great storyteller. Therefore, I think this is going to go really well. Or what the, what's that, what's that experience been like for you? Yeah, that's, um, I, I love the art. I call it the art of storytelling. Um, and there's no more effective way, I think, than to communicate a brand or a, or a message um, or a feeling to influence a behavior um, than telling a story. Uh, I, I uh, really probably first appreciated the art of storytelling when I worked with you, Steve, um, in our marketing campaigns for testimonies, telling patient testimonies where patients really told their story um, about their experience. We use storytelling a lot um, in WellSpan to emphasize um, an outcome, a result, um, a behavior, and uh, good storytelling. Good storytellers, um, you know, they're kind of like the icing on the cake. You have a story, a good story captures you, 
but the art of storytelling from a leader or an individual telling the story um, has big impact too. And I think that's why, you know, I, I've run into different industries where they're like, oh, I, I don't like the testimonial, you know, I, I just don't really like that. I'd rather craft the message. I want to make it something mm-hmm. that I can make. And maybe it's because I started in doing documentaries, but there's nothing I love more than just getting the heck out of the way and making mm-hmm. it easy for someone to tell a story. And when you think about healthcare, man, mm-hmm. like we just did some cardiac services testimonials recently mm-hmm. for Sentara. And, you know, these people, it's real. What they've gone through are hopes and mm-hmm. dreams and their lives. And mm-hmm. if you're an empathic human being, usually mm-hmm. you just need to ask good questions and then shut the heck up, get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Told uh, in in our new employee orientation when I was president of hospital, I would tell a story. You know, the idea was we we wanted everyone involved in continuous improvement, right? If you see a problem, fix a problem, or just we have a core value of just do the right thing. It's okay, just do the right thing. And I tell a story about um, James. He was an emergency. He still is an emergency department nurse, and um, he was caring all day long, twelve hours for an autistic patient who needed, he also had behavioral health um, issues. And so this patient had to be transferred um, an hour away to a specialty hospital to be cared for. And it took that long to find a placement for that patient. And over the course of his shift, James had created a relationship with this patient. And long story short, as the patient's leaving, James is done with his shift. He's, he can go home to his family, has young kids. Um, and when he had eye contact with that patient, he saw anxiety in the patient's eye. <clears throat> and he got into the ambulance and he rode an hour away uh, with that patient just to make sure because that the patient knew him, they had relationship, and he wanted to make sure that to ease the patient's anxiety through that transition. And you know what? I've never asked him how he ever got home that night. <laughs> But um, I've told that story probably a hundred times or more, two hundred times maybe, and I usually cry or I at least get emotional when I tell the story. Um, so you know that is the it's the power of storytelling. Yeah, well, that made me feel choked up a little bit for a second too, mm-hmm. because it's that it doesn't matter what your role is, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. what you're supposed to do sometimes, but being a human being and being yeah. authentically there for someone. And what he did was generous. It was a beautiful thing mm-hmm. to do. You know, and that's, those are those moments that, you know, if I was doing marketing with a brand, I'd be like, I want to tell that story now. That's a beautiful story that everyone needs to know, you know, and that's the, I think brand is amazingly simple and people make Mm -hmm. it complicated because it's, you know, it's culture. So, you know, there, Mm -hmm. you have to do the work, (laughs) you know, the culture has to be real. You, you can't have dysfunction and unhappiness in the ranks and treat people badly, if you treat mm-hmm. your people badly, they will treat the customers badly. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you're promoting a brand, you know, tell the truth, use human stories, you know? Mm-hmm. So let me ask you a question about healthcare. Cause I, I work with a lot of different brands and healthcare has always been my favorite just because of the emotional part of it. Yeah. But what do you mm-hmm. think, you know, other brands have to learn from the healthcare business or healthcare brands? Um, well, I think it's a lot, uh, other industries can learn from healthcare. You know, this just exactly what we were talking about. You know, this um, uh, this connection to people and connection to purpose. 
um, you know, and creating an emotional connection uh, with someone. And, you know, there are so many really, truly heroic stories um, of what people just doing the right thing, um, you know, good citizen type stories um, in healthcare, because I think in part, part, you know, it's to me, healthcare is a lot, is a calling uh, in a lot of ways. Um, as you already said, it's hard work, but it's probably the mo one of the most rewarding industries that you can ever be in, right? You're saving lives, you're, um, you're bringing life into the world, um, you're repairing people who are broken, um, uh, you're giving people hope, you're inspiring people. And so um, I would just say um, it's it's easier, I think, for healthcare to con healthcare professionals in the industry to connect to purpose because it's just so clear. Uh, and I, I would challenge other industries to, um, you know, connect to the greater good. I, I think of Pepsi, um, and I had the uh, pleasure of um, being in a live interview with Indra Noya, who's their previous CEO. And, you know, she, if you think of Pepsi, Cola, and soda, you know, it's sweet. And then they had, they owned um, snack food, too, I think Lay's, I'm not sure. Um, but but she was describing um, a cultural change that she led as CEO of Pepsi Company. And, and she basically um, challenged the organization toward contributing to the greater good, being green, and um, really promoting more healthy lifestyles through their products. Right. So through that cultural transition, um, you know, that's where bubbly products yeah. came. Right. Came. Um, that's where they uh, produced um, lower calorie and lower fat potato chips. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I think any, any industry can do it. I think it's more intuitive for healthcare. Right. But, um, you know, I challenge every industry to uh, think about how we can, can how each one can contribute to the greater good. I think that might be my favorite answer that I've ever heard. I love that oh, answer. Thanks. Um, I, I would. I'm just going to say that to everyone from now on, if that's okay with you, because oh, sure. I think that's like the secret of great brand and great brand. It is. I mean. You know, if you think about experiences you've had when you've had great service, whether it's a hotel or a yogurt shop, you know, mm -hmm. if the person just – sometimes it's that little kindness. It's that little yeah. thing. It's almost like paying it forward. When someone mm -hmm. does something honest and human for you, you were going to go return that smile to someone else, yeah. you know? Yes. So I think it, no matter what kind of organization you are, when you're trying to improve the greater good and add to the greater good mm – -hmm then mm -hmm. <clears throat> everything gets better. You know, mm -hmm. your brand is more likable, your people mm -hmm. are more satisfied. You know, it's a through line that's real for all of us because we're all human. I, I agree 100%, yeah. And I, I think now is a wonderful opportunity given that we have a worldwide pandemic. You know, it's in um, some ways it's brought, it's refocused us, I think, on what's most important and uh, hopefully it's, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll refocus on good, the good, right, on, do, on doing good. Yeah, well, you always got to hope, you know, and all, all those of us out there trying to, <laughs> trying to do the good or promote the good yeah. or talk about the good, we just got to keep doing it. You know, we just have mm -hmm. to have those voices out there. I think, honestly, mm -hmm. like, yeah, we, I guess we should touch on the pandemic since we're still in it. 
just briefly. Okay. You know, it's Do been we a, have to? We don't have to, no. <laughs> it's been a blast. But I like I like what uh, you said about how going through that as a culture, going through that as a world gives us mm-hmm. an opportunity to refocus on the greater good mm-hmm. right now. Have you ever been in a tight spot in a PR or marketing situation? I know you can't go into spe- specifics that uh-huh. you found your way out of by reconnecting to sort of the center of brand to that to that greater good. Wow. Um, uh, of course, I, I would say, um, as I alluded to earlier, while um, I think any health system, I'm, I'm proud to put my name beside all the health systems that I've worked for because um, uh, we've, we overall, we provide outstanding care at all, at, at all of the health systems I've um, worked for. But you know, there are times when bad, really bad things happen. Um, and, uh, patients, um, you know, it's emotional situation, families, patients, the media, um, sometimes, you know, react in ways publicly, especially now with social media, if, if, a, if there's a bad experience or something, um, you know, it's really simple. It's really easy to, um, kind of spread that, you know, everywhere. So, my um, my approach always um, in situations that are more you know is- isolated are to, is to talk to the person um, who is emotion who's reacting and just listen. Tell me your story, right? Tell me what happened from your perspective. Um, I usually in in those instances um, personally as a leader. you know, and I instruct anyone who's in the meeting with us, this isn't a time for us to argue or debate or defend. It's our time. We have to, it's our time to listen and empathize and acknowledge how people feel. And that's where you start. And um, it's okay to say you're sorry. It's okay to um, say you're sorry about what happened. Even if you don't know all the stories, you don't have to admit guilt because you might not know but you can't argue how people feel. And it helps, it, it just helps the situation to acknowledge how the person feels. And I, it, that, that approach has never, ever failed me. Right. Probably because they felt heard and they felt cared for. Yeah. You know? Right. And it is interesting. I, by the way, that's, I'm so glad I interviewed you today and we got to talk about that because I've seen you do that. I, oh, I think it's incredibly powerful. And, you know, I've, I've, been on, I still am on crisis communication teams. And I, that's one of the things I learned from you. And honestly, you know, authentic listening, I think Mm -hmm. is something that's sometimes in short supply in the social media culture and Mm -hmm. in today's world. And when you authentically listen to people, and I love what you said about, you can't argue about how someone feels. That's right. You know, that is so powerful. And you don't know, I think it is scary for a lot of people because you don't know how it's going to go. You kick can't, you seemingly can't control the outcome because you're in a human moment. Yeah. I, you know, we talk in, in our business with brand and marketing, we talk about empathy probably every single day. Mm -hmm. And because that's really, if you're trying to, you know, people think marketing and brand is sometimes sales, you know, like you're, Mm -hmm. you're trying to push and push someone to do something, make them do something. I, Mm -hmm. I would despise that. I think you're inviting Mm -hmm. someone you know, you're telling them a story and letting mm-hmm. them in so they can choose you or not. 
you know, huh. because yeah. they're either going to prefer you because you fit with them or they're not in today's world. And mm -hmm. the more honest and open you are, the better. Mm -hmm. And then empathy is just, it's really the whole ball game in today's world, I think. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I like, um, what you said about choosing, right? Not everyone is going to choose us and that's okay. Um, but as part of, um, you know, building a strong brand and building a strong organization, we should also work to understand who is not, who is not choosing us and why, and then decide, right? What do we need to do differently if we want that group or that person or that, um, to choose us as their partner, really? Um, which, what do we need to do differently? That's interesting. That's really cool. And healthcare, that's a big challenge because healthcare is certainly the kind of brand where you're, you're serving everyone in your community, regardless mm -hmm. sometimes if they chose you or not, but mm -hmm. they have the, you know, healthcare consumers can make a choice in the future of who takes care of them. A lot of times there are a lot of differentiated decisions to make, but it's interesting when I talk to uh, some leaders about brand, there's something I say that always makes people's eyes get a little big. And I think you'll get what I mean by it. It's you're, you've got to be, you're, you're obviously as a brand for something, but what are you against? Ah, yes. You know, like, what do you really have a problem with? That's right. You know, <laughs> and every brand, if you really think about it, there's going to be something like, yeah, I'm against that. You know, mm -hmm. I'm against people being treated a certain way or I'm against people right. going uncared for or, That's right. you know, and I, I think if you don't talk about people always want to talk about, oh, well, what are we selling? What are we doing? What do we care about? Well, yeah, well, also, what do you what do you really have a problem with and what do you want to change? Yes. You know, you, have a problem you know, I think um, I'm really glad you brought that up. I, um, of course, um, in nonprofit health care and I think in many for profit centers, you know, um, that's the great thing about health systems is we will care. We care for everyone, regardless of who you are, what you look like, how much money you have, um, or what insurance you have. And that's, um, uh, I guess the beauty or something that I really deeply appreciate. It's also a challenge, right? Because, uh, sometimes we're left with a disproportionate burden of, um, you know, vulnerable folk, vulnerable people for whatever reason. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's our mission um, uh, t to serve all or to care for everyone. Um, I think, you know, healthcare, it's, it's interesting that you said, you know, what, what do we not stand for? Um, you know, in the last, uh, probably seven years, I've become, I've encountered several situations where patients have asked not to be provided care by the care provider who was providing care for them, not because um, they weren't qualified, but because of maybe their gender um, or um, um, their ethnicity. And I've had to had, uh, you know, those, those conversations um, directly with patients or their family members, those conversations are easy for me because that because that is a non-negotiable to me and my core values, and it's a non-negotiable to my health system. And so, um, as long as I know who is caring for that patient um, is highly competent and highly skilled at what they do, and unless there is, you know, a an ex very extenuating circumstance, um, I'm very comfortable saying, well, this is who 
the, who's going to be providing care for you. If you choose not to have the care from this person, then you can you cannot be our patient. We'll have, be happy to facilitate a transfer for you. Yeah. So um, good for you. Yeah. Good for the We're, health and, system and, too. You know, it is right. It's the philosophy of our health systems. Um, that we're here to care for all, but we have all kinds of people that all look different who are caring for you, and that's okay. That's good. It is good, and you know, I I really admire that because that that is exactly the essence of what I meant by what are you against and what do you stand mm-hmm. for, and it comes back right back to what we were talking about about culture. Like yeah. when you feel supported by your culture, then that means you know what's right and what's wrong, and that's right, and what you stand for, and that's how you get the through line a great service and a great brand it's people if they sometimes some people won't like it but if they mm-hmm. know what you stand for then mm-hmm. the people who connect with that will really really like you and the people maybe that don't connect mm-hmm. with it as much will at least respect you mm-hmm. I, I i agree with that you know um some part of my i guess leadership style or an approach i've taken as a leader is to make sure that everyone understands their role how they're contributing to the organization, linking it to brand, right? If I know to your point, like what what is okay and what is not okay, yeah. and it needs to be simple and clear. Yep. And if I'm an employee in an organization, I need to understand my contribution, right? right. What's my purpose here, and how do I connect to, um, uh, you know, what's my role? Yeah, and also how do I fit in this culture? What does this culture stand for? Yes. So therefore, how That's does that right. support me? And and then that informs how you act. It informs how you communicate, and and it, it makes you feel like okay, I understand the brand I work for, you That's know. Right. And when I'm representing it, I can act accordingly. So the the story you told about the gentleman um, getting in the ambulance and riding with the person who was afraid, mm-hmm. that person worked at a brand where they understood what the brand stood for. That's right. Yeah. You know, they didn't worry. Oh, I'll get in trouble if I do this, mm-hmm. or oh, mm-hmm. You know, forget that it was just a great human, unselfish, wonderful thing to do as a person. Yeah. But it was also very on brand. Just doing the right thing, finding a better way. And I, I think along those lines of behavior that I love and I try to instill in, in organizations that I'm leading is a culture of curiosity. Ask why. If something doesn't make sense to you, ask why. The curiosity and people asking why and being empowered to ask why mm-hmm. is an example That's of right. great leadership. You know, you've had a really amazing career so far, and you know, God knows where you go from here. Like you're one of the more accomplished people I know. And uh, knowing what you know now, what piece of advice would you give a younger version of you? Oh, a lot of things. You know, um, I just I, I look down in the words that I um, I'm very driven, and. Um, I, I have to remind myself that my slow is a lot of other people's fast and that my job um, is, is really to do two things, to portray um, a calm confidence. So, um, you know, as a leader, building a culture, it's, it's composure, but calm confidence. And... Um, while I've always led with a sense of urgency and a level of energy um, that I think is special and inspiring to a lot of people, um, the new me, the why, the more wise me would tell the younger me um, t- to also just breathe and uh, just slow down 
And, um, you know, the words that I use to remind myself now are calm confidence. That's great. Yeah. That's like, that's not something most of us have earlier in our career. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, um, I'm, I'm wondering if, are you envisioning me? Like I'm a driver and I can go, go, yeah. go, go and get stuff done <laughs> really fast. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, having worked with you, I know. It, it, you know, it was a blast because you were so driven. There's so much being done. You know, I think over the years, like uh, I've learned to be more diplomatic because I certainly wasn't most of the time. So <laughs> when I earlier in my career, so I think we all learn. I, you know, I think perspective. Right, that's the other thing I would tell myself. Remember, everyone has a story, and so um, meet. I tell myself now, meet people where they are. Right and understand their perspective. So that's probably what I would tell my younger self. Hey, Carrie, meet people where they are. They're not where you are right now and that's okay. So meet meet people where they are and understand their perspective. Well, that's the perfect place. And then move fast. Yeah, and then, and move. then, move. <laughs> and then move quickly. <laughs> that's, right. that's awesome. Yeah, so is there anything I didn't ask you that you wanna to say today? Uh, no, I just, um, hey, thank you for what you've taught me about brand. Um, I use, um, you know, I, I think about the the role that we have as leadership to build loyal brand loyalty. And it's different than, um, you know, a brand, rec rec someone who recognizes my brand. We recognize a lot of brands, right, that we may not like. We recognize them. And so... Um, I keep that in mind as a leader that, you know, the ultimate outcome that we desire is brand loyalty, right? Yeah. We want people in my, in my line of work, I want patients to find my health system. I want them to use my health system, but I want them to stay in my health system, right? Yeah. And that's brand loyalty, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. And yeah. it's really the ultimate goal. Even you think about your personal brand, you know, you want people to have a good experience and come back for more. That's yeah. right. So, yeah. and that, and usually just being your authentic self, you know, and I think that's talking about the younger, older thing. When you're younger, you want everyone to come back for more because, you know, you're moving so fast. And as you, as you get more experience, you're like, you know, some people aren't great customers in my store. You that's know? a great point. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I think, you know, it's uh, and that goes for brands and people, you know, it's really mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah, it is. So. Well, thank you so much. Um, this was such a joy to talk to you today and uh, to catch up with you. I Again, like working with you is one of the best experiences I've had in my career. So thanks for making the time for this today. Oh, gosh. Thanks. Thank you, Steve. And it was really an honor um, uh, to have been chosen. So oh. thanks for picking me. You're welcome. It was fun.